Hey there, my name is Tyler Morningstar, and I'm here with my co-host and mom, Carrie Morningstar. This is the Selling Fort Wayne podcast. This podcast is focused on all things real estate related in and around the Fort Wayne area. We'll also touch on some community events and some community outreach as well. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, this is the Selling Fort Wayne podcast. This is Tyler Morningstar with... Carrie Morningstar, his mother. My mom. Uh, so hey, why'd you say it like that? <laughs> my mom. <laughs> so we've got a special guest with us today. Carrie, you want to tell everyone who our guest is? I do. I am so proud to introduce Amy Dom Just. She is the executive director of YSB, which is Youth Service Bureau, and that is through the YMCA. Hi, Amy. Hi, thank you for having me here. This is going to be a really exciting because on our podcast, we've talked a lot about buying a home, selling a home. Uh, we've had different guests come in, but we really haven't had a non-for-profit organization in here. And I'm so passionate about this one that I really wanted to get Amy in here and explain a little bit about it, especially since they have a very big event coming up, one of their biggest fundraisers, which is called Sip and Support. It is on Thursday, September 23rd from 530 to 730. And it's a great great time. I've been there several times and um, I just want Amy to tell you a little bit about what YSB is and then we'll finish up with what's happening with the event. I want to jump in a little bit. Can you kind of give us a background of how you got to where you are? What sure. what kind of how you got here? Well, uh, it's my honor to be here. Uh, great question. It's funny because I was at Indiana State and I graduated with a child development and family lifestyles major. And to make sure I got through in four years, I did an internship at Catholic Charities. And I really didn't know, it's kind of like bad to say that social work, you know, the ins and outs to it. But through this internship, it just sparked my attention and I loved love the work with serving the community and so I ended up working for Catholic Charities for three years and then in 94 I was hired by a branch of the YMCA called the Youth Service Bureau like Carrie had said I was part of the staff to help develop what's called the SOCAP program so Status Offenders Core Alternative Program and years ago in more like 92 the schools and the courts came together and they said look, we need to do a better job of addressing the status offender, like the status offender being that someone that leaves home or considered a runaway, um, someone that is not attending school and is truant from school, and um, an incorrigible where a child is out of their parents' control. So they found that their efforts at the school level and at the court level were not as effective. And we were more of the social service agency to really dive in and build trust with these families and get to the root of the problems because they could tell us things they weren't comfortable telling the schools and then we, or the courts. And then we could look at what's available in the community and refer out to all the different services that are out there and then follow up with these families. So that's kind of a quick rundown. That's, that's the YSB in a nutshell? Well, that's one of the four programs that I oversee. Okay. So I started in 94 with SOCAP program. Okay. And then uh, about 
seven, eight years ago, I started the Safe Place program and I was the Safe Place coordinator. But I became the executive director in 2018. So now I oversee, like I said, all four of them. The programs are SOCAP, which I explained, Status Offenders Court Alternative, Safe Place, which I'm going to talk a, a little more because most of the proceeds from our event go to our Safe Place program. But we have a youth advocates that mentor troubled youth in our community. And we also have an anti-graffiti program. Gosh, Amy, I wish this was around when Tyler was younger. Where's the, where's the, yeah. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I came into this unfamiliar with the entire scope of what you guys do. So do you kind of want to go through, I think you touched on some of them, but do you kind of want to go through, we'll do the general maybe of those sure. branches and Absolutely. then we'll dive in a little bit deeper. Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. So we knew the community needed um, a safe place program. It's a national program and it wasn't being done locally, the safe place here in Fort Wayne. So uh, like I said, about eight years ago, we started the safe place program and that's a crisis hotline. So when youth are in need of help because they're in crisis or they've left home and they don't know anyone to turn to or caring adult or they just are concerned about their well-being, they can call us. So uh, Cameron Shackelford, who's the Safe Place Coordinator, goes out to the schools, presents to the students. We also have like a great video that we show the students because it's hard to get to all of the schools. And this is primary middle school and high school that we present to. But if any youth calls us, even an 18, 19, 20 year old calls us, we respond. So that's what our safe place program, there's big yellow signs at all the fire stations that say safe place. So those are safe place sites that we've also set up. We have over 70 sites and that's been um, different churches. The Burger King, Pizza Hut has helped out with being safe place sites and all the YMCA's are safe place sites. What does that mean to be a safe place site. So when a youth goes in, cause they see that sign, mm -hmm. the staff are trained annually. So twice a year, or well, once a year, we make sure they can be, that they're all ready to go. Um, that if a youth comes in, they just call the hotline number and they give them a comfortable spot to sit in and stay while we um, respond usually within 20 minutes and we're able to then start working with the youth and addressing the needs. Oh, but they cool. can also call the, the yeah. number and we give them a card and we tell them to put it in their phones. Cameron does a great job presenting to the students because he has them dial the number right there and then they realize, oh, the phone's ringing. Okay, I'm going to talk to someone right here in Fort Wayne. It's not going to Indianapolis. This person coming to me is a professional that is well-trained and able to serve. So Sorry. that telephone number is available 24-7. Mm -hmm. Somebody will answer the phone. Mm -hmm. that's, that's awesome. That's really mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted Amy to come here because when I think of the why, I just think of sports programs or working out. Basketball. <laughs> yeah, Tyler, basketball. Um, until I met Amy, I didn't realize that this was even a division of the why, and it's such an unbelievable secret uh, just because of lack of knowledge. And I think that's one of the things that's really important is to get this out here because this is an unbelievable program, Amy, and I'm so happy to be a part of it and, and sponsoring you today at this podcast. 
Yeah, the why is incredible. Uh, people associate, like you just said, with the gym and swim, and they do a really good job of having those services, but they're really concerned about the well-being, the safety of the kids in our community. And we are a branch of the Y, just like Parkview's a branch, Jorgensen, Renaissance Y. We are our own branch. It's just that we look different. We don't have a swimming pool and not a gym, but we're there to serve the families in the community. We get over 800 referrals a year just with the SOCAP program. So wow. that's, yeah, the truants, runaways, and incorrigible kids. I guess my mind goes to a child that falls under that category. What's some of the game plan with someone sure. like that who's struggling? What, what do you guys do with them? Well, um, the youth that, that come through the SOCAP program, they're with their parents. And I just want to say that these parents, they do want their kids to be successful. It's not like that they're just like, you know, Neglectful. Yeah, neglectful. Most of them um, really care about their well-being, but we see that these parents are working two jobs. Um, they're dealing with maybe their own past trauma or they have mm. other relatives living with them and they're trying to keep a roof over the head and their heads and also uh, address other needs. And mental health is big with these families where if the parent, grandparent, or the youth themselves is struggling with it, it can be very debilitating. We see a lot of anxiety, depression, and other forms of mental illness that is debilitating and um, we can help in referring. We don't try to reinvent the wheel where we're at. We know that we can send out mental health services, whether it's Bowen Center or other agencies in town as far as for that or Center for Nonviolence. And we send out uh, for parenting classes. And then we follow up and make sure that is working. Um, we don't just give them a referral. We call that place, make the appointment, do all those steps necessary. It's really just look at it like, as our parents sometimes were there for us to, to help us when we were struggling, uh, then that's how we are there. Uh, we have a, a fund set up that if the family needs a tire or help with the cost of repairing the, their car, if they need food vouchers, or as they're explaining to us their situation and we realize their water or heat or electricity is going to get turned off and we can pay so that doesn't get turned off and we know they have the means later, um, then we will step in and do that. Mm. Because mm. a situation could be that someone was in the hospital or some situation, someone got hurt or sick and then they're behind in rent and, or another area and then it can snowball. So we're, the, we're trying to prevent those kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, to me, as a human being, I, everybody needs a, chance, a moment of grace, right? They need just a, hey, we got you, just a little break, right? So it's really cool that you guys do that. Yes, definitely. And we find that these kids are silently suffering in the sense that there's so much maybe going on in their family that they don't say that like they've considered suicide or... They don't want to be a burden. Yes, they don't want to be a burden or um, they think that that their situation is unique and really it's more like we normalize this situation mm. for the children and the family and say you're not alone we understand um some of them just benefit from someone caring and listening to their story and then normalizing the situation because they feel like they're on an island mm -hmm. and i you know i have older kids that need to help watch the younger kids why i go to work or there's all different reasons why youth miss school it's not necessarily you know related to mm -hmm. uh, you saying, I just don't want to go out of the house. Right. They're being lazy. Right. 
We see it every now and then. I'm not trying to, you know, paint a picture. It's just a typical, what you typically see. Yeah, there's trauma that the family's dealing with. It's not black and white. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. Thank you for seeing it that way. Yeah. So you have two other areas with YSB. Can you explain those two? The youth advocates are mentors to the kids that I just talked about. So we, I wish we had a youth advocate that could help every kid that we service through the SOCAP program or through the Safe Place program, but they are uh, identified, like these youth are identified that's really needing help, uh, help in the way that they can be, you know, seen at their school. A youth advocate goes to the school. They call them. They check on them. So they mentor them in a very special way because they want them to feel like their life matters, that to give help them to see that there is hope and that they can look towards different career paths, whether they, you know, maybe visit a college for the first time. Uh, this past summer, we got to take kids to Cedar Point that have never been much out of the city. And we did like a lot of fun programs over the summer. And then we really helped them with their schoolwork and uh, just basically someone that cares and is there for them. And research shows that that is key in helping a youth really succeed. I mean, it it doesn't always have to be like licensed therapists are great and we need every single one of them. We need more of them. But it doesn't have to be someone that's just, you know, all of our youth advocates have their degrees, but it doesn't have to be some specialized person. And uh, it goes a long way. So I say that to the whole community that's listening that, you know, if you know there's a youth out there that's struggling, you showing that you care is huge and makes a big difference. Yeah. I think sometimes in our lives we get so caught up in our own thoughts that um, we forget about other people. And I'm on this board, by the way, and we were having a board meeting, and it was really interesting to have one of the counselors, I think James McFadden, talk, and he said he took uh, kids to the um, tin caps and to the zoo, and that was some of their first time ever visiting, and it made me take a thought back and go, oh, my gosh, you know, my grandkids get to go to the zoo anytime they want to, Mm -hmm. or, you know, we can go to the tin caps anytime we want to, and yet there's people who are not getting to experience those things. So um, I just think about those children who, you know, how fun that must be. Money isn't the dividing line. Right, like there are people who, who come from backgrounds that All are lower socioeconomic, yeah. and then there's higher socioeconomic. It doesn't money isn't the thing where it's the differentiator between people who use your services and who don't. Mm-hmm. Right, that that would be correct, but most are lower income. But I see where you're going with this because that is true. People that have um, a lot of money, they can have a child that struggles with a mental illness and really suffer and be suicidal. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely true. Or the or the other thing too, no matter what economical group you're in, you may not know where to turn. You know, right. because it could be so overwhelming the, of the things that are happening in your own life and you're trying to do the best you can. Sometimes Google and Yelp just doesn't help. You need an experienced person helping you with those referrals to expedite it and make that process go faster because literally, you know, just think how complicated just the medical system can be. And we have families that have concerns, medical issues, whether their kids are struggling with diabetes or have other problems as well, that um, they need someone else to help navigate that with them. So if that helps. Um, I do want to give you that fourth program that we have. It's called an anti-graffiti program. And we clean thousands of sites of graffiti every year. So that's just 
part of that. Let me ask this, and this is not a poking question, so this is a legitimate question. What is the difference between graffiti or something like if Banksy showed up in Fort Wayne and made a piece of art on the side of a building? What's the difference? Right. So we have youth or people out there that are tagging mm-hmm. and putting things up that can make it territorial, can gotcha. make it... Um, you know, I don't want to necessarily say in the past it's been gang related, but they're trying to eliminate and make our city not um, make the value of the city can go down if people come in and see a lot of graffiti. Sure. So the the goal is to try to help, you know, and we, we do take youth out to help clean graffiti yeah. as part. It can be considered consequence or it can also be like this is a beautification pro- project that you're part of. Yeah. But there, I would say there is some really good graffiti out there. And when someone says, yes, you're allowed to paint on this wall and do this sure. awesome, that's <laughs> sure. great. But when people are doing it just randomly and right. making our city look bad, that's concerning. Makes sense. Yeah. Amy, can you expand a little bit on the safe place? Because I know there's other aspects. If a teen or is in crisis, what would be some of those crisis things? Or what are the, some of the other areas that that would apply to? I want to say that one of the, or there's a lot of reasons why we are doing the safe place program. But mainly, the sooner those youth call us, rather than becoming a victim of a crime or becoming human trafficked, um, the better. So research shows within 72 hours, youth can be a victim in several ways, where there's a grooming process and a perpetrator would um, make them to believe that they're a boyfriend or a father figure or of some sort of that nature and um, give them a place to stay and make them feel like um, they're valued, but then later change the scenario. And then that um, youth or young adult becomes victimized and becomes um, a situation where they're um, human trafficked. And that means, you know, sexually, the people are taking advantage of them and they feel like, well, I don't want to leave because I have a place to stay or you know, they're they're I get my nails done and my hair done and they just are they like love me trapped. They mm-hmm. love me. Yeah, they love me. They think that that is, you know, part of that. Yeah. Something that might be missing at home and then all of a sudden this person in the grooming yeah, you know, picks up on that. If you go to our website, which is fwymca.org, that's the general YMCA website, but under Youth Service Bureau, we have some videos there. And um, we have a video where a young girl was human trafficked and um, she does a really good job saying how helpful our services were, but also that if we weren't there, she felt like she might have froze. She was very cold and went to the fire station and said, you know, is this for real? And they said, yeah. And they called and um, that's when I was the coordinator and I was able to go out. I've gone out on calls before where I get there and I'm like, okay, well, now there's a dog too that we have to consider the dog's safety. <laughs> who's who's going to watch the dog? The dog stayed at my house for three days, but <laughs> that's how we handled that. And um, the Youth Service Center on Lima Road, we have a contract with them that they take the kids overnight. It is our goal in the next year or two to establish a youth shelter here locally. So we're we're working diligently and try to make that happen. Would that be the only place then in Fort Wayne they would go, or would you still have these different sites that they could still go to? Well, the sites go to to get us involved, but as far as there's times where we've had 
foster care parents take kids that you know couldn't go to the youth service center on Lima Road there is situations where we've connected youth with a relative a kid, uh, that they could live with for a period of time just to give their family and them a break um, there's other situations where healthy families is a program here in town where they'll take a youth in for a couple months and as long as the youth is you know making positive steps they can stay and it's like a foster care see these are all things I didn't know did I, you no I had no idea one question that I want to know most, for two reasons. One, I don't want to be ignorant about what's going on, but also I think it's good for other people to be aware of how prevalent is human trafficking in Fort Wayne? Well, the exact amount, I don't know, but I do know it is prevalent. Mm-hmm. And there, um, it's not like in the movies where they're like, oh, you know, this person just gets taken and you know there it's more um like i mentioned earlier grooming process but i know what we are located in in fort wayne there's a connection with chicago it's like the the hub like there's stuff going on in like cleveland and ohio Mm. and then we're just so centrally located that it's easy to get to major cities yes and um there's crossroads drugs being trafficked through us as well but i honestly don't know a, a good amount of detail to really I really shouldn't open that box because I'm, I mean, it's a good question. And, and yes, it's happening, yeah. but I don't know the, the exact numbers are. No, no. What I'm just saying is my it's question. It, yeah. Yes. It's not, yeah. it's yeah. not that's far away point. from us. Hey, wake up Fort Wayne. It's happening. Yes. And that's a very good <laughs> point because people think, oh, not here. Yeah. Right. Not my community, not us. Yeah. And that's not true. That is. Correct. That's kind of the, the, the point of why I asked that. Perfect. Yeah. Or they don't think their child's on line talking to people that are pretending to be someone else mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so. with that, the traffickers will use drugs to intimidate as well, um, drug their victims. And there's, it's just a very scary um, situation. And, uh, and yes, that's one of the main reasons we set up the Safe Place program to help prevent that. Yeah, so I do have another question. Say I'm somebody who's listening to this and I want to help. I want to do something. Maybe whether it's volunteering time or maybe donating funds or what are the various ways that somebody could help? They can call my cell phone directly and I'll give that number out. It's 260-710-2288 and I'd be happy to discuss the different options that are available to them and see what their interests are. Okay, cool. Sounds so that you'd be willing to talk to people. I mean, it's not just like you're looking for a certain person. It could be mm-hmm. um, a variety. So right now we're looking for someone to transport kids. So we're willing to pay a person to help with driving them. So um, there are families we do make referrals and they don't always have the means to get place to place. So we're looking to hire a driver. Um, we're in great need of that. Amy, we just just a minute ago, we talked about your big fundraiser, SIP and Support. Would you tell us a little bit more about that evening and what transpires? Yes, I'd love to. So it is a fun night. Um, it's only two hours, so 5.30 to 7.30. We have a silent auction. We have amazing auction items, a lot of baskets with um, things in them that of different interest for people. Um, we have 
golf bags, just a random amount of different things, um, gift cards that I think people would be interested in. And um, when you come in, there's the option for beer and wine tasting. So we have that as well. We also do a brief presentation and um, then we have a great food that is going to be served this year from different local restaurants. And I know Salsa Grill and Zianos are kind enough to um, support this, as well as Club Soda and um, Summit Grill. And Portella. Oh, Portella's. Yeah, Portella's. So what's going to happen is there'll be food stations. Uh, tickets are $40 a piece to get in. The silent auction items will range um, all over dollar amount. It, it won't matter. I mean, we have things that are $25 and on up. Uh, if you can't come, um, Amy, at the end of this podcast, will be giving you some information on uh, email and her telephone number again if you just want to donate. Um, it's very fun. It's going to be at the Phoenix this year. Amy, why don't you tell them the address and some other things here? Yes. Um, the Phoenix is right on Broadway. So the Phoenix 1122 Broadway downtown Fort Wayne. And um, I want you to know that if you go to our website you can sign up and if you can't come that evening you can still bid on auction items so i encourage you to do that and uh, if you don't see any items you like you can still make a donation so that we can continue to serve the community of troubled youth um, families that suffer from mental health uh, to basic needs not being met, um, those that are out there suffering with um, the lack of support, your money will go directly to helping them so that, you know, basically they can have a brighter future. The reason I've been with the Youth Service Bureau for over 27 years is because I do see the smiles on the kids' faces, the youth, the smiles on the families' faces. I, they give big hugs to us. Um, as they really genuinely feel that the, they're moving in the right direction and that they're making a difference in their life to better it. And so um, it's very rewarding. And, um, you know, my goal now is just really to raise the funds to be able to keep operating that. And I would love to be able to say that I have enough youth advocates for every youth that needs that. Well, that kind of segues into a question of mine. And I've been asking this for all the people who are community-based. If you had a magic wand and you could do whatever you wanted for your organization, what is something that you would do? Like you could wave your wand and it's done. Right. So it would be to have that shelter up and running. So to have that physical shelter, um, we've done studies. There is definitely with uh, Fort Wayne Community Schools, they have the numbers of unaccompanied youth. Hmm. Um, we know that there is a great need for a youth shelter. Um, we'd also at the shelter provide like a day service where if kids just need their clothes washed, they need mm. to use the computer, the phone, we would offer that to them. I'd like it to be where we have enough beds, um, male and female facilities for them to just have a hot meal, place to sleep and know that they have support and they don't have to couch surf. And couch surfing is when uh, they don't have a place to stay and they go to a friend's house for maybe a night or two and then wear out their welcome there and then they go somewhere else, maybe a relative's for a night or two and they just don't have a stable situation at all. Uh, so we see that a lot. So it'd be to just have a place for those kids to go. The other thing I would do is like I just mentioned is 
have enough youth advocates so that any youth coming in and needing that caring adult that boom right away we're right there for them checking on them texting them a couple weeks ago a youth called us uh, that we were mentoring and she said uh you know my dad has come home and it's not a good scene um he's been drinking possible other drugs we all got out of the house with our mom but we don't know where to go we have nowhere to go there were seven kids and um, they were all in the van, and we were able to connect them. She texted her youth advocate, I think it was like 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. By 10.30, we were getting them into a hotel to spend the night. Then we got them into the YWCA's um, shelter uh, for a couple days, and we were able to serve them in that capacity. So, I mean, I have tons of stories where- That's awesome. Yeah. Where we were a youth house. advocate, what does that entail? Well, um, we hire college graduates who have uh, either social work background or related field um, human services. And then we um, make sure they understand that their job is to be there in a compassionate way. Like I said earlier, normalizing, helping the youth know that their situation is, is not like that they're on their own and on an island, which sometimes they feel that their life is important. And uh, like when we do studies, um, we survey these youth when they first come in. And so many of them um, write down that they have considered suicide or attempted it. So the youth advocate has to be well-trained in suicide prevention, um, well-trained in um, asset building, trauma-informed care. Uh, There's about six other trainings that we have our youth advocates um, part of so that they um, can respond appropriately. So it's, it's, there, it's not just anyone, it is someone that has the training, but the big heart is what I'm saying. So this might be a no-brainer for you on the other side, but if you're someone listening to this and you, you know, if you're a youth, I don't know why you listen to a real estate podcast, but if you are... Or a, or a person or who knows, who knows a, somebody, a youth. When you call, is it anonymous? What I mean by that is like yes. your business stays your business. And that is part of the training I just spoke, spoke about is there's a confidentiality mm. um, agreement relationship with the family that what they say to us confidential. However, if a youth is in danger as far as the uh, danger to their self or others, then we do take proper um, mm-hmm. steps. Similar to like a therapist. Yes. So yeah, if they're a danger to their self or others, there's definitely proper steps that we take. Since I've been involved with YSB, I know that there, I think, are three ways that I know of to participate in donation. You have the SIP and support, which is coming up. When is that? September 23rd. It's a Thursday at the Phoenix from 5.30 to 7.30. And by the way, we do have um, valet parking. So don't be alarmed if you're familiar with the Phoenix because we will get you uh, some valet parking. But um, you have Wash for Cause. Yep, and that's usually in the summer months, June or July. And Mike's Car Wash does that for us. They've been very generous. Um, not to interrupt you, but they you reminded me that Mike's Car Wash is our mission partner. Uh, they have done a lot over year over the years, more than 15 years of financial support to us. So uh, we recognize them at this event as well as that 
Uh, this year we raised close to $23,000 at WASH for a cause, but I think you were going to go on to what the third way to donate. Well, and, and back to WASH for a cause. I went out and worked that for a couple hours over there on DuPont Road and had an absolute ball doing it because not only does Mike's car wash contribute half of an ultimate wash if you choose that wash, but we had people donating in our bucket as well. Your mom is hilarious. When she was out there helping, she was such a go-getter. I was just cracking up. She would like literally like get those people to donate. And Doesn't within, surprise me. It took me probably five, six hours to raise $300. Her, she raised $300 in two hours. So, Lindsay, well, Morningstar. <laughs> well, well, one thing I want to say is I knew you were out there. I didn't know what it was for. I well, didn't have any idea what it was for. Now that I know what it is, I'll wash my car a few times. Awesome. Well, and that's the whole thing, too. We did some live promos from there just trying to see if we could get people who participate. And we did have some people come that said, we saw you on Facebook. But that's what the washing cause is. I know a lot of people come through and they may not know that particular you know weekend is for that. But um, it was a lot of fun. I had a ball doing it. Amy, thanks so much. And your family, too. But you have a third way that they can donate as well. And how is that? Yes. And that's through the YMCA's annual campaign. Campaign. So that is yearly, all of the branches do annual campaigns, and that's just going out asking friends, family, relatives uh, if they would be willing to donate towards the particular branch. And in this case, all the money raised goes directly to the services I just talked about. And that's the neat thing, too. When Amy's saying all the money, it's all the money. It's not 50%. It's not... 90%, all the money is going to YSB, which I find very attractive as well, participating in that. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's for all of these fundraisers that uh, we just mentioned. And I need to say that Carrie is a great board member. <laughs> she puts everybody on their, gets them on their toes. <laughs> One more time, would you sure. give out your phone number and your email? <laughs> I would be happy to do that. So I am going to give out um, my phone number is area code 260-710-2288. My email address is amy underscore just, J-U-S-T, at F-W-Y-M-C-A dot org. And I really encourage everyone to go to our website, which is F-W-Y-M-C-A dot org. And if you... Um, go on there, you go under Youth Service Bureau, and you will see SIP and Support, and you can purchase a $40 ticket. You can look at our auction items in the next week or two. We're going to have those up, and um, you can participate. So I encourage everyone to come out and um, be part of that or do it from their home. And all the half of the proceeds, or actually more than half of the proceeds, go to our Safe Place program. And that will hopefully soon encompass a youth shelter as well. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah. The other thing, too, is um, you can get on that website and look at youth services just to see um, more of the information that Amy's been talking about, all the different areas and programs, and see if there's an area that maybe you can't give, but there's time or talents that you might have. So we're willing to look at anything um, that you might be willing to give in regards to making our community a safe place for our children and teens. A big thank you to Mike's Car Wash. A big thank you to the YMCA for allowing all this to happen. And um, 
a big thank you to all our board members. I am blessed, lucky to have a great staff that executes these programs so beautifully. They all have a huge heart, and um, it's just a lot of fun. Well, what I was going to say is thank you for coming. Thank you for sharing. That was very enlightening for me. And I want to say to you and pass to your staff, you guys are making our community better, and we thank you for it. And thank safer. You. Yeah, safer. Thank safer you. for our children and teens. Um, it truly is a place for teen crisis. If those out in the audience want to go directly to SIP and Support through the uh, link, it would be fwymca.org slash SIP and support and that'll take you directly into our site perfect yeah that's perfect thank you so much amy um like i said i thought this was something that would be really of interest because a lot of people does they don't know that this even exists in fort wayne um it's been a silent uh benefit that will be silent no more thank you amy thanks to you and thanks to tyler um it is my pleasure all right bye-bye bye